Let me invite you this morning to find your sermon notes. You can follow along as we go. There's some room at the bottom for notes if you want to jot down a few ideas. And on the right, there are some discussion questions. I hope that you will talk about those with your family later on today, but most importantly, that you would live the message that you hear. It's only about, if you check your watches, what, right about 11 o'clock, is that right? Am I on the right time here, 11 o'clock? So what, what, time, uh, what time is lunch today? 12, 12.30, kind of depends on how long we go here, right? Okay. All right, so uh, what are you looking forward to eat today? What's, what's, on, what's on the menu? Anybody? Go ahead, raise your hand, shout it out. Beef stew, Beef stew sounds good. Chili, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a cold, chilly day out, so that, that, that would be good. What else? Pizza. Pizza's always good any day of the week, right? Any time. What else? What do you got? Hot dogs. There you go. Awesome. So what, what was that? Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Oh, that's a good comfort food, right? So we've all got the things that, you know, we love to eat. You know, makes us feel good inside. You know, reminds us of, of good times. So what if you get out of your comfort zone? Anybody ever travel to the South? Stuff they eat down there? Ooh. Anybody had grits before? Do you like grits? Yes. But grits are only good because of all the stuff you put on them, right? Now, you know, you know why they have grits in the South? Because it's corn, and they can only grow puny corn. It's not Illinois corn, right? <laughs> you know, the really big ears of corn, the really big kernels, are just little puny things you've got to put butter and, and sugar and all kinds of stuff with them. How about poutine? Have you had that? Uh, the guy in the front row, he's eating everything. All right. How about crackling? Yeah, there you go. Pork rinds. Okay, you got to develop a little bit of a taste for that. What about traveling overseas? What are some of the things people eat in other countries that, yeah, they're either delicacies here or we wouldn't think of eating them? What was that? Dogs, yes. Yeah, that's right. In China, that's, that's something that is eaten often, right? We're going to go ahead and show a few pictures up here. Okay, what are these? Can you identify that? Mussels, right? Very, very good. You know, those are considered to be uh, a delicacy many a times. How about the next one? What's that? You know, locusts, right? Those are locusts or grasshoppers. So why would you eat a mussel, which has a shell, but not a locust, which also has an exoskeleton or a shell? All right, what's the next one? What do we got? Octopus, right? That's, that's considered to be really, really good. Okay. All right, so traveled around the world. I'm going to go back to my roots, to the farm. We had lots of good food. I mean lots of good food, but... One of the principles in farm life is, is that you never waste anything, right? The old joke was we ate everything on the pig except for the squeal, right? So let's show a picture of some of the stuff there. We've got pig's feet. We've got cow's brain. We've got haggis, which is the innards. All these things that you don't want to waste. Okay, next picture. How about this up on the left? What's that? Okay, anybody ever want to eat a rodent? 
Yeah, squirrels are pretty good. What about on the right? What's that? It's a groundhog. Would you eat a groundhog? Yeah. A groundhog's just a squirrel that digs in the ground, right? And a squirrel is just a rat with a fluffy tail, just so you know. <laughs> but you'd eat that. Okay, go ahead and eat that. What's the next picture? What do we got? What's on the left? Lobster, very good. What about the right? Yeah, crawdads, crayfish, little miniature version. Again, you know, we're conditioned about what we think is really good and, and, and what is not. A lobster, it's just a cockroach on steroids. So that's all it is. Go ahead and show our next picture. There it is, see? Yeah, that's, that's what you're eating there. You know, lobster fishermen even call themselves bug catchers when they fish for these lobsters. So, all right, a couple more yet. Let's see, what do we have up there? Next picture. On the left, cows like beef, right? That's good. What about on the right, a deer, venison, a little leaner? Okay, what about on the bottom? Yeah, going to eat trigger there? Yeah, no? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So it all depends, right? You can go ahead and, and get to our, our first part of the, the message here. Our tastes are conditioned by our culture and our circumstances. So of all those pictures up there, we, we mentioned a dog earlier. So a dog or a cat or a cow or a pig or really any animal at all is either a darling, it's a pet, right? Or it's a delicacy, depending on your relationship with the animal. So, on the farm where I grew up, we didn't get very attached to the pigs, but we did sometimes to the cows when they started out as a little calf, especially if they lost their mother, which happens sometimes in the birth process. So you'd have to adopt this little baby calf. And then you would, you would bottle feed it and you would raise it up. But you would get so attached to it, I have to say it was rather difficult if Betsy was on my dinner plate right? It all depends on the relationship. Now, I have no trouble going to Calc's and getting a nice, fresh cut of meat and bringing it home and barbecuing that because I have no relationship with that piece of meat. Now, obviously, our message today isn't just about food, but it's about the relationships that we have with people. And so, just as we're fussy about our food, we'll eat this, but we won't eat that, unless we are very, very hungry, and then we'll eat almost anything, won't we? You imagine the pioneers that went from the east to the west? They would hunt almost anything. Rats and birds and squirrels and groundhogs. If you're very hungry, you'll eat it. Now, you could even go so far as to say that we're fussy about whom we label as human. Not just pets that we put labels on. Not just animals and the things we eat, good or bad, beautiful or ugly. We do the same thing with humans. And so cultures will put labels on people, desirable and undesirable, kosher and non-kosher, good and bad, beautiful and ugly. 
until we are in relationship with them. If you're friendless, almost anyone can be your friend. Now, here's the problem. People come into a clash of consciousness when they're faced with rehumanizing those whom they had once dehumanized. How many of you uh, here are German? Any German uh, descent? I am as well. You know, in, in World War I and World War II, it was, it was a really big issue for German Americans because the Germans over in Europe were considered to be our enemies. In my particular family, we used to have two ends on the back of Tiemann. And one of them was taken off so we wouldn't appear to be so German. I don't think that really made a lot of difference. Still looked German. My grandparents still spoke German. We still were German. But it makes such a difference. Imagine those that we, we said were our enemies. When our boys went over there to fight. We're literally some of our relatives. And then to come back after any war where you have been conditioned to fight and to kill another human being. And then to come back and see someone just like that. And now they might be your neighbor or your co-worker. And they might even become your friend. Today, as we look at this whole story of Peter, you know the context where in the Old Testament, the people of God, the Jewish people... There were all kinds of restrictions on what they could do and what they couldn't do, what they could eat and what they couldn't eat. And so there was this whole long list in the book of Leviticus about what the people couldn't eat. And Peter grew up that way. And now, all of a sudden, God said, I want you to go and minister to these same people. Now he needs to see the Gentiles differently Because God is asking him to start a relationship with them. Now, on a much smaller scale, let me give you an example. Uh, I grew up on a farm near Blackburn, Missouri. And I went to grade school, first in Blackburn, then in Alma, eight miles away, with those who lived in that area. It was a very Lutheran area, and so almost everyone went to the Lutheran school. But then for high school, because I knew that I wanted to go into church work, I went to Concordia, which was another eight miles away. And yet all the rest of these kids, they went to the local public high school. It was called Santa Fe. Now imagine we are rival high schools, just eight miles away. We play sports against each other. Football, basketball, baseball, whatever it might be. And yet the very same guys that I was the enemy of for about nine months of the year, I was on the same team with the other three months. And one of those who was an enemy, who was my rival in basketball and baseball, was also my brother. We see people differently when we come into relationship with them. I have another picture, if you'll show a picture there of of Father Boyle. He's on my left. He is the founder, over 30 years ago, of an institution called Homeboy 
industries. What he does is he takes gang members off the streets of L.A. And he brings them in and he loves them unconditionally. He teaches them the love of Jesus Christ in word and in action. Many of them not only go on to be followers of Christ, but also counselors and staff members at Homeboy Industries. Now, Father Boyle says that when people see these young men on the streets, they have a certain reaction. Because they look a little different, and because they are associated with a different culture, mothers will grab their children a little tighter. People will cross from one side of the street to the other to get out of the way. Others will avert their eyes so they don't make eye contact. And yet Father Boyle says that these young men are some of the kindest, most compassionate, most loving, most dedicated followers of Jesus than anyone that he knows. It is all about the relationships that we have. And so Peter was struggling with this mission to the Gentiles. These Gentiles who are always viewed as unclean, as non-kosher, as different from him. And yet the word of God comes down to him and it says, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Earlier in the confession, isn't that what happened? You were made clean once again. And so there is no difference anymore between anyone in this room. Even though we are all, are all unique. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you are unique. Can you do that? And then say, God has made no one else like you. Can you do that? God has made no one else like you, all right? Even though we are all different, even people like me who have an identical twin, we are still different, and thank God. Because it is only together, as a puzzle of beautiful people, can we fulfill the mission that God has intended for all of us. You see, finally, the way that you treat people bears witness to the way God's Spirit is living and working in you. It's not ultimately our culture. It's not ultimately our upbringing. It's not ultimately how we look or how we talk or what we have done that becomes important. That is not what has to influence us, but rather it's the love of Jesus Christ that lives in us, in the work of the Holy Spirit, that we speak and do and act in our lives. So I want to give you a little example of how this works. Every one of us, every single one of us is different. We are unique. God has made us the way that he has specifically. And yet we're still all different. So if my four volunteers could come up, I'm going to have you stand up here if you would, so everyone can see you. Come on up, this is a little experiment. We're going to see if you can get the order uh, in a way that makes sense. So just come on up, stand up here on the, on the top so we can see you. Okay. 
and have the picture of the people. See if you can get them in the, in the correct order. Okay? Right side up. Hold them up. Hold them up. Okay? What do you think? Now get closer, a little closer together. There we go. What do you think? Does it make a picture? Does it fit together? Uh, let's see. We need to make a little adjustment. Uh, let's try to see here. Uh, there we go. Yep, that's, yeah, those two in the middle. Two ladies in the middle. There we go. Uh, not quite yet. You need to switch. <laughs> there you go. I think that's right. Does that look good? Yep. Okay, and now the two ends need to uh, switch. I think. No? No, the two guys? To, no, the guys go together. That's what it is. So, Carl, I need you over there. There we go. See if that's right. Does that look good? Does that look right? There we go. Hey, give them a, give them a round of applause. Okay. So that took a little bit of doing, right? And it takes some time for us as the people of God. We're all different. There's a lot of diversity here. Different races, different ages, different genders, different circumstances, different upbringing. And yet they've all been brought together for a purpose. Just as we in the church, all being unique and different, are brought together for one mission. So now we're going to flip it around, and this should work. And what is the message? Can you read that? We are all what? One in Jesus. It is the Spirit of God embodied in His Son, Jesus Christ, that brings us all together as one. The message for us, it isn't what goes into our mouth. Jesus said to his disciples so many times, it doesn't matter what you eat. What matters is what comes out of your mouth and out of your heart that shows the world the love of Jesus Christ. Let's give them one more round of applause for being up here. You can go ahead and go back to your seat. And so your mission this week is to find ways to fit together with people who do not appear to be the same as you. The very last question under the talk about it part I want you to think about this and answer this. Who in your life is radically different than you are? Someone that you know. And are you friends? And can you see a way that you can fit together as a beautiful puzzle that God intended you to be? So often it is the people that our culture labels as untouchable or unclean or different who bring the greatest blessing to our own lives. Look for those people and pray for them and see if you can find a way that you might fit together to be one in Jesus. Let's all rise now so that we can pray together.
Lord God, Heavenly Father, with us, salvation is impossible. But with you, all things are possible. Give boldness to our church here at Emmanuel to proclaim the good news of salvation to all people of all backgrounds, all cultures, all nations, all races, all ages, so that we no longer see differences, but only what unites us, your grace and your love in Jesus, our Savior, by whose death and resurrection the way to your kingdom and your family has been opened. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would lead